and welcome to Phoenix Vision. I'm Jess Farmer and I'm really happy to announce my guest today, Miranda Uzomba of Fixed Physiotherapy based in Haggerston, East London. So Miranda is a fantastic physiotherapist. She's been working with people to help solve their challenges for over 10 years. We get down to some really great dialogue all about body work, the different kinds of body work that uh, we can do with people. We also talk a lot about the fascia, as well as some of the issues that women are facing in terms of their health and some of these important challenges that need to be spoken about more. So I hope you enjoy this episode and that it gives you the tools to fix yourself. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Coaching. I'm Jeff Farmer and I'm here with my wonderful guest, Miranda Uzomba. Thanks for coming on, Miranda. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to um, be part of this uh, podcast talk today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you as well. Like, so, so I think we're going to have a lot of fun um, on, on the podcast today. So uh, Miranda has been is a practicing physiotherapist and she owns a physiotherapy clinic in Haggerston called FIX. That's P-H-I-I-X. Such a good name. <laughs> when <it's- laughs> Miranda has been practicing physiotherapy for over 10 years and has worked in, in the NHS for a lot of that before starting her business, Fixed Physiotherapy, helping many people in East London. She's also recently started a really exciting new fitness um, project called Physio Fitness. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to get a little bit into that, I'm sure, in the podcast. Uh, she also takes a holistic approach with her clients, looking at more than just what's happening with the body. So. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll kick off. I, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story, Miranda. What led you into your physiotherapy journey and working with people to help them solve their challenges? Um, so what happened is what led me initially to physiotherapy was my, my background and interest um, in sports. And I, at school, I loved biology. And I remember I had a really good friend, um, Sinead, who was amazing at athletics and we were in the change rooms after netball and she was like, oh, I'm going to my, I had physio yesterday. And I was like, oh, what did, you know, what did they do? And they explained, she explained to me, you know, what, what physiotherapy did. And I was like, I was 14. I was like, oh, that sounds like a really cool job. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. And it, it always stuck with me from that point, um, physiotherapy, or even just basically healthcare. Um, and it just kind of fitted in with, with my personality and, and my interests. Um, and then fast forward to, to now and we fix physiotherapy and, and a more holistic approach. Again, it, I guess people tend to work in areas that, that suit, suit their personality. I mean, not everyone, but if you're, if you're creating something, you do create something around, around your interests. And I mean, I practice Buddhism. Mm. So that is a general holistic approach to life and um, a general holistic philosophy to live in your life. And But what pushed me to create and fix physiotherapy and providing a more holistic approach was when I was working as a physiotherapist within palliative care. I was working in a hospice at the time in, in, in Highgate. And um, I was working with patients um, all ages. Um, and I think what struck me the most was some of the young patients that were at the end of their life. 
and you know I'd spend time speaking with them and they'll express to me and I would see the benefits of some of these alternative therapies that they were doing um you know they were still going to the gym they were having some Reiki they're doing meditation and they really really benefited from these services and I was thinking you know with with healthcare why do we only push the alternative therapies and the holistic approach when people are at the end of their journey mm-hmm. why isn't it something that we incorporate as a as a normal as a standard that we offer um and so that that led me to just want to create a health a healthcare bubble that you know encourage people to have massages like once a month once a week um and encourage people to be mindful of their body and have a good relationship with their body so yeah that's what that's what led me to fix and um it you know we do home visits we have a um a sports therapist who does home visits home massage because it's really important to you know give yourself a treat you shouldn't it shouldn't be where you know you're very sick so you're doing these things it should be just part part of your routine so yeah that's what led me to fix that's what led me to where i am today mm, that's fantastic that, that that must have been really interesting working in the hospice and you know being able to talk to people when they are in this uh, like later stage of their lives and you know being able to facilitate and 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 help them through that journey towards the end you must have you must have learned a lot there experienced a lot yeah you do inevitably you learn a lot of life life lessons watching people go through that journey of you know there's different there's different stages there's there's older patients who who are at a different stage so their their process is different at the end and there's younger ones they're the ones that really touch you when you're when you're young yourself you know the process of, of saying goodbye to their partner or their kids and mm. the process i mean it sounds sad working in hospice but to be honest with you i was surprised at the amount of positive energy in that place because when people come to a space and a place of acceptance of where they are in life and then you know they're at peace almost with you know you know what's going to happen it was actually a, a happy place to work mm. actually and it was it was fulfilling and it was you know yeah it was definitely definitely learned a lot it's, it's impossible not to really Everyone's going to learn different things, but definitely was was an eye opener. Yeah, yeah. It sounds sounds like it, it could have been quite beautiful in many ways, and as, as yeah, oh, yeah. So when we talk about uh, alternative therapies, and you know how how you feel that they should actually be introduced as a, as a normal part of of how we how we live. Um, why why do you think that is? And and you know we, we were talking a little bit of, uh, before the call about like the the link between the mind and the body, and uh, like how can some of these uh, holistic, holistic alternative therapies benefit uh, not just people towards the end of their life but all, all the way through? What 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 is it about some of these therapies that you find like really effective? Um, so. So in terms of maybe like acupuncture, acupressure, it's to do with, you know, opening up blocked energy channels, um, the, flow of, the flow of chi, the flow of energy, um, building a relationship with the body, feeling sensations. Um, sometimes people can become quite numb to, to their bodies. Um, 
and just um just open up these energy channels um they're able to have a better relationship with their bodies and 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 able to kind of um feel maybe when something's not right not aligned mm. and so be able to seek treatment or seek help you know maybe some psychological help um i think it just makes you more more a bit more dynamic and i like i keep saying it's just um it helps um just connect the body and the mind mm-hmm. just it's so so important i mean it's really important part of any process where you can get someone out of pain is 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 getting them to feel more into what's happening within the, in the body because I, I find um there's so much disconnect um not all of, all of the time and I, I i think a lot of it comes down to you know we're living these really fast-paced modern lives everyone's kind of sitting at a desk we're not getting so much activity so i think we we lose this connection with our body and uh, I, I know for myself but before i did start getting into um exercise as well as uh, some of the alternative things so disconnected from what was happening and then mm. as, as you go through these things you, you start to get the sensation of what the lower back's supposed to feel like uh, get the sensation of what it's like to okay well okay i'm getting movement into my lower vertebrae but whereas before i never even had the concept where i'd ever think about my lower back and, unless i was in pain so yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. great great so um so my second question what is the ethos behind fix who do you help and how do you help them so the ethos behind fix is just basically fix is promoting people to take responsibility for their bodies um so forming an intimate relationship um kind of you know what you just spoke about um just understanding how how your how your body feels how your body moves um so you then you can identify when something's out of place and then you can articulate that with someone who can possibly help you mm. um so it's a, it's a chain of events if you can't feel it and you can't compare it to your norm you don't know there's a there's a disconnect or i mean you don't know there's a problem potentially and then if you can't articulate, the, the better you can articulate how you're feeling or or feeling different from your norm, I, th- I think, you know, the, the better someone can help you, um, a professional can help or, you know, anyone you're seeking help from. Um, so, yeah, so just educating and empowering um, them about the body and its capabilities to heal itself. Um, and again, I keep talking, I always talk about the link between body and mind and just, you know, always letting them know that this is inseparable. You know, sometimes people come to you like, oh, you know, yeah, when I'm stressed, you know, I get all these, all this tension. I'm like, yeah, the body, the body can store, it stores emotions in different parts of the body. It's, it's normal. It's, you know, sometimes when, if you work on, on your stress levels and it, you know, it releases things in the body, tension and pain. Um, so that's basically the ethos, just educating and getting people just having an intimate relationship with their body. And in terms of people that I, I help, um, it's quite broad as, as a physio. I mean, you're going to get people, most people contact you because they're in pain. So I help with, with neck pain, low back pain, shoulder problems. Um, I have people post operations like total hip replacements. Um, actually, I mean, we've seen a boom. We've seen a boom since lockdown with the amount of runners. We've, we've actually produced a lot of runners with lockdown, and really good ones actually. So I'm, I do I do treat a lot of runners lately, um, 
and also I'm treating a lot of um, pelvic, lumbar pelvic dysfunction at the minute because we're just spending too much time set down. Um, so that, that's, that's basically my ethos and that's, that's the kind of um, collection of, of people that I, I, am, I treat. Mm. Sounds, sounds great. I, I, I was literally thinking the word in, empowering and then you said it like three seconds later. <laughs> um, yeah, I got, got a couple of questions out of that actually. Um, for like, for, well, for, first off, what I took from it when you said straight away was helping people to take responsibility for themselves, for their body, for their health. So I'm, I'm guessing that like when someone comes into your clinic, they're not going there to get fixed. They're going there to learn the tools and get the support so that they can fix themselves. Would, would that be like fair to say? To, to be honest with you, when you know, um, no, they, they are going to get some level of correction there because normally I do find something that there is, it does need correcting, but I educate them throughout the whole process. I don't just hold that information for myself. I talk all the way through the assessment. I talk and explain all the way through the uh, treatment process i can get a model out of the hip and i, I explain them the muscles i showed them i showed them on google i showed them like, this is this was this is what's up you know and it really really burns uh, an imprint in their minds of what's going on in their body and they're like oh my god my body has this it has that and it just uh, you know when when you have something that makes sense your long-term memory it stores in your long-term memory naturally and then they always leave i always give them um some sort of some some exercises and some self-management um which is emailed to them and so they've got something solid to look at and they've got they've had a clear explanation throughout the assessment and treatment process mm. um so that is yeah that is empowering them and giving them treatment at the same time mm. that's fantastic because I, I guess sometimes just by clearly understanding what's happening with someone that can be such a demystifier you, you, you know if someone suffered with lower back pain for four years and not really known what's what's causing it and what they can do about it it can be really easy to kind of get stuck in the swamp and yeah very hard to move forward um got a question about what some of the things that you're seeing in the clinic due to covid because you're saying like uh, you're seeing like a lot of lumbar um, lumbar pelvic dysfunction so how, what kind of trends have you seen since the pandemic started? And what, I, I guess like um, yeah, sitting is going to be a, a, a main culprit, but is there anything else that you've seen in terms of trends? I'm, I'm seeing a lot of um, pelvic, pelvic imbalances. Um, when, when people who like walking and when people like running come to me with this pain that they're getting in their backs or down their legs, um, and just the general sensation of tightness around the hips. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that um, weakness, weakness in, in the in the gluteal muscles from from pro, from prolonged sitting or from the nervous system shutting down the hip extensors because the hip flexors are just so tight. You know, we're we're, we're humans. We're, we're meant to, we're, we're bipedal. We're meant to be on on two legs. And, you know, now we're spending eight to 12 hours sat at a desk. You know, it's just making all the, the hip area um, have these muscle imbalances. Um, so, yeah, so I do encourage people to, to, you know, get up every half an hour to an hour to, you know, do some light stretches at the front. The front. I always ask people, do you do any hip opener exercises? And they're like, what? 
and we're like, yeah, you need to, you need to open up your hips. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a very common um, a dysfunction I'm treating a lot, to be honest. Mm. Yes, like this crucial calibration for our modern life because what is normal for us now isn't how we're normally supposed to operate. You know, no. we're supposed to be running around like hunting things, gathering things, building things. Cause yeah, like we're cavemen and women with better shoes on. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, so what will be like your top three tips for someone who's sat, uh, spends a lot of time sat at a desk, which is a lot of people at the moment. What, what would you say they could do throughout the day or throughout the week? So I would say take, take breaks every hour, just not a long break, just to stand up to the front of your hips, you know, get a bit of a stretch, um, do some, do some light stretches for the front of your, of your hips, um, have a little walk around the room, make sure that your neck, just do some light stretches for your neck. Um, and I think also don't ignore the messages your body's given you. You know, a lot of people have, have had this, this, this background feeling of, of, of tight hips for, for a while before they come and see anyone. Mm. And yeah, so I think, I think people need to trust their sensations that they're feeling in their body. Don't think, oh, I'm being over the top. I'm being, I'm overreacting. That was just a bit of tightness. Um, I think you, yeah, if you're having some tightness in the hips, I normally, I normally find a weakness and some, some knots within the glutes, very painful knots and piriformis. Mm -hmm. so even like a subtle ache in the hip can be a sign that something's going on there so um yeah some some nice stretches some nice um strengthening like things like doing squats or um you know lunges just to strengthen that area that would be my advice and a good setup a good setup you're not slouched at the table you know you're able to look directly at your computer screen um you know, get up um, regularly to have, have some water, keep hydrated. Mm. Basic stuff, but, you know, hydration is massive, isn't it? So big. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, like it's basic stuff, but so many people if kind of forget to do certain things or, you know, you get so zoned into the, in, into the work that, you know, you kind of just, yeah, it becomes easier to forget to do some of the basic things, and like these are like your, your foundation principles to keep things cool. Um, so, uh, I'd, I'd love to get into the nuts and bolts of some of the body work that you do with people. So, what's in your toolbox in terms of treatment? And maybe a bit of a broad, broad question, but how would you go about treating a patient suffering from back pain? So I, I offer a, a bodywork treatment called a body alignment. So it's a it's an, an hour long treatment, and it's, there's no treat. There's it's a bespoke treatment, so there's no two people that have the same treatments. So you walk in, I have a look at your, I have a look at your your alignment, and I treat as you present. So in that, so in that session, um, there will be some some fascia work using like grass, grass on tools, um, some, some stretching, um, using, uh, mus muscle en energy techniques mm. just to, to realign and re-lengthen the, the, the short and postural muscles. 
and um, also some, you know, I'd feel along the spine um, to see where it was very, it was quite stiff. And there'll be some, you know, some manipulation after, after all, after, after all the soft tissue release, then I'll go and do manipulation to keep everything aligned because, you know, you know, fascia and, and soft tissue can, can pull things out of place again, the spine. And, um, normally, yeah. So after the session I show, I mean, I can take pictures of people. I show them before and after, and you know, there is, there is improvements with it, with the, the way their shoulders sit, the way their hands rest by their side and that their chest opens up. We're constantly in this, in this flex position and all these chest muscles get tight. Your hip muscles get tight. Um, if you're, you're severely one hand dominant, you will have like one side of your trunk possibly slightly rotated and flexed to one side. So that's, um, that is my like main body work. I mean, most people that come to see me will have some sort of body work, but these, these treatments are more for people who don't have a specific pain problem. Oh, I've had you know my back right here and it's causing me to have sciatica down my right leg. It's for people that are, I'm just feeling a bit, groggy in my head I'm just feeling a bit hunched over I'm just feeling a bit achy in my shoulders in my mid back you know they just they just need a realignment um so that is one of my bodywork treatments and also in terms of treatment back pain I've, I speak a lot about the pelvis I, I think for me the pelvis is the heart of a lot of problems um so there's a lot of times where I, I just I treat back pain through treating the pelvis mm. because I treat the cause and not the symptoms. And a lot of people have, like I said, have very dysfunctional pelvises at the minute and it's having a knock-on effect along the kinetic chain. Mm. You know, if your pelvis is out of whack, then your sacrum's out of whack, then your lumbar spine's out of whack and you're putting um, stress on the facet joints and you're putting stress on the ligaments and you're putting stress on the muscles. Um so I would normally just check from the base up and I will also feel the musculature around the, 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 the lower back, you know, the, the rectus spinae. And, you know, a lot of times you find trigger points there. Mm. Do some trigger point release um, after, you know, some, some grass on technique to really, really um, increase the blood flow there and increase any, decrease any stickiness with some of these chronic conditions connective tissues have time to inflame and be become settled down and inflame again and it can get this mesh of stickiness so you want to just release that then i'll do some trigger point release and it really relaxes things down and um i do normally get i do get good results from that actually a significant reduction um in pain and normally you know after one treatment they the the quality of their movement really improves just after one treatment to be honest and the, yeah, that's how that's how um, I treat normally treat back pain. Um, it's slightly different for someone who's come in with very acute back pain, where they're getting like neurological symptoms, like you know sciatica. Um, it's a bit of a softer approach, um, some, you know, some gentle stretches, um, and also um, over time getting them to re. Um, to correct their posture, any, any postural dysfunctions there. Yeah. Sounds awesome. It's really comprehensive. Uh, I, I, 
got a couple of questions coming out of that. There's so much we can go through. Um, so uh, I was really interested when, when you're talking about the, the, the pelvis and this kind of knock-on effect all, all elsewhere in the body. It's kind of like this this ripple effect, right? So if, if the pelvis is out of alignment, then this is going to affect everything else in, in the system. And then you, you're talking about this thing causing stress and sort of the experience of people feeling groggy. So how like I, th- I think people won't be maybe be aware so much of how the posture can actually create stress on the body so would you be able to give an explanation of how posture can actually contribute to adding stress to the body as well as giving us a mental uh, grogginess and fatigue so i think mostly with the people who come to see me this grogginess i'm going to answer you is is going to be caused um, by the suboccipital muscles here, which deal with, you know, these are very sensitive muscles which um, help align the head and they help, you know, with, with the, they're very sensitive in terms of making sure that the, you know, the eyeballs are aligned and they're looking, you know, balancing our vision. Um, so a lot of these times these people are, are really, really tight um, because we're constantly looking at a screen bent forward so they really shorten mm. and if you think about it you know the the body you get you get signals from the brain all the way down the vertebrae the, the, the spine by the spine you know spinal cord and if you're not aligned with the normal um shape of the of the spine because of you know muscles are putting you this way and that way no signaling signaling is going to be affected to some extent and these signals help to control the glands and the glands release hormones right so that's where it all it's a knock-on effect isn't it so we're naturally when you when if you correct you know you have some people when you correct their, their, their posture they, they just feel like like a head rush almost come in and they just feel they explain it like you feel that energy is going through their body and they just feel a bit different you know mm. um so, I mean, there's there's so many uh, more complicated ways in which um, this can affect your emotion and things. But that, how I just explain that is how I um, mostly find um, it affects the people that I treat. Um, it is it is a very a complex area, actually. And there are people who can talk to you for hours and hours on it. And I'm, I'm not so specialised in that area. But I do have the knowledge to know that, you know, you know, having, having correct posture is, is going to affect your, you know, your mood or your alertness. Um, and, yeah, and your, and your emotional and your emotional well-being, your, your emotional state, most definitely. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's the most I could expand on that at the minute. Mm. Oh, that that's great it, it makes me feel inspired by uh once again by the interconnected nature of of the body you know when, when you're talking about okay there's a relationship between the spines uh between the spine and, and and the organs and then so you know we change the spine this helps the organs so the organs are then able to work better produce uh hormones more efficiently and 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 you know i think for a lot of people this can be quite like, revolutionary to hear that okay my posture, the way I'm sat at my desk, actually has this whole far-reaching impact else, like to all other systems of the body. I think that's like, you know, it is 
just the body's just such an amazing piece of equipment and uh just appreciating that it was it is also interconnected is uh i always find it fascinating for myself yeah i think yeah you probably do too i guess yeah i do i do find it and it's also fascinating um how much people people don't know which i mean i guess People don't know, but when you tell them, they're very surprised and they're very they're very open actually to to knowing that. And it's almost not you know they, they normally like they light up a bit like oh really, and it's not it's not so far out. And they're very happy just to to to, to have that information. Mm. Again, it just it makes them just a bit aware of what's going on in in their bodies, and it makes them aware you know to be aware of their posture also. Mm. Absolutely. And- it's really interesting. I'd lo- love, love to ask you a bit, a little bit about the posture and it's linked to the emotions as well. Cause uh, I know a little bit about it. And I, th- I think a lot of people recognize that if the shoulders are hunched forward, this can often be correlated with certain emotional states. So um, I mean, it's different for everyone, but some, some may be um, lacking in confidence with the kind of forward shoulder and head posture uh, is, could be one of them. Um, as well as different uh, positions with the pelvis, so would it would it be safe? Could you say that by affecting someone's posture, you can actually f- affect the emotional feeling of how they're feeling about themselves and and the world around them? So, say by releasing someone's chest, this can potentially uh, contribute to making them feel uh, more confident. For instance, it's interesting you say that because we we've we we've probably we've probably studied the same people like Tom Myers. Is my fascial? He, he spoke about that, didn't he? He spoke about um, the, the the kind of flexed, hunched over person with less confidence, and you know, ha- you know, they're in a state of exhale, you know, like. And then you've got the other posture, hyperextended, chest out, overconfident um, kind of posture. Things where he, he spoke about those two postures, um, and and they're linked to emotion and. And you're, and you're right, definitely, when you open up someone's chest and they can open up, they it, it's an unbreakable loop, isn't it? It's feedback from the body to the, to the brain. Um, the body language um, can change the mindset and your emotions. So you go from ha- having this flexed, um, unconfident posture to this more open, not, not, not uh, hyperextended, how, uh, how Thomas Myers explained it in his book, but just, you know, just opened up to a more um, postural, um, should I say postural, efficient efficient way. Um, so definitely, it definitely. And when I do do body work, people just, uh, you see when, when they have a follow-up um, a few weeks after or whenever they want to see me again, they're just like, you know, they're kind of hopping around, they're just moving, they're moving more gracefully. They're just, they're just feeling so more energised. Um, and they've they've built a better relationship with their with their body. Like, oh, you know, Miranda, I've just you know when I'm sat at my desk, I just sit a lot a lot more uh, upright now, and I just, I just feel great, you know. So yeah, most definitely, most definitely, there's 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 a, there's a there's a link there. And if you if you haven't studied it, you don't you know you, you don't really need to. If you, I mean, you do. It's good to read up on it. But what I'm saying is, you do see it in your patients the way they present when they come and see you after you've opened them up a bit. It, it's 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 physically it's physically there it's objectively there in your in your clinic mm. so um most definitely agree with with what you what you said 
Uh, I saw some that there's no better feeling when someone comes in like that uh, as well. And, um, you know, some, sometimes you'll kind of make, make some changes uh, with the body and then you come back and oh, the, the person comes back and they reel off that they've started making all these changes. They've actually started like cleaning up the diet. They've started doing this and these other things. And it's just, and it's, it's amazing to think kind of what, what an impact just, you know, uh, I say just doing some work, you know, it, it's so, it can be so influential on the system. So um, since you're talking about Tom Myers, I'd love to get into the fascia a little bit because yeah, it's just so, so fascinating. Um, uh, so I feel that people are, when they're thinking about the body, there's a lot of focus and emphasis on what the muscles are doing, but the fascia of the system is a lot less talked about. So my question is, what is the fascia? How do, does it influence pain? And how, does, how would you treat it? So the fascia is basically like a elastic collagen connective um, tissue that's interwoven. And it's almost like a, basically covers the whole body, you know, the, the muscles, the, the, the nerves, the organs. And what it does, it, it kind of helps, it helps the body work, work as a unit. You know, it helps with, with with a bit of proprioception, um, and there are you know there are mechanoreceptors in there. So there are there are pain receptors in there um, to signal you know if there's any 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 problems anywhere else. And to be honest with you, like historically, people didn't even pay attention to the fascia, and even at university, I, I, I didn't learn anything with the fascia in my in my degree and and it's something that people don't acknowledge because when you when you buy these anatomy books the older books even when i was training they they rarely talk about the fascia um because they cut through it just to see that so you can see you know the muscle and, and and the nerves so there's something that you know you don't even get to see half the time um so yeah, so it touches the nerves, muscles, bone. Um, yeah, as I said, it allows the body to work as as a unit. And um, there's, there's a lot there's there's a lot of elements of it that I think scientists are still studying now because it can take it can change um, from being quite quite firm to be quite liquid um, substance. It's quite a fluid network, and um, basically there's these. Um, these trains obviously like Tom Myers mentioned and if you're you know it's, it's important to be aware of the fascia because unless you treat it in a more holistic way you don't just treat the, the pain when, when you understand the fascia and, and that exists you don't just tr- treat where, where the pain is you kind of look at the whole unit and you can see these patterns of dysfunction along along the trails and, and see where you know you can release this to get better movement, maybe you can release, you know, the right shoulders to get more, you know, more movement, you know, in the left and the, the left ankle, you know, that, that trail. Um, so let's just see now. Yes. Yeah, so like, like I mentioned before, there are, there are some pain receptors in there. And um, so that's why I think it's very important to know, um, because you are going to get more um, more successful treatments with treating pain um, when when you do understand how the fascia works. Because, like I said, you know sometimes where, where where the pain where the pain is, the problem isn't. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it is such a fascinating thing because it is so new and they're still finding out loads loads about. I think they uh, only discovered uh, one of the lines like uh, 15 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and when you can use it to explain why pain is presented in a certain area, it could be invaluable to work with it because, yeah, like, like you said, like where you're experiencing the pain is often like the, the the weak link in this in the system right and it's often you know this area of pain could be getting overloaded actually because there's an issue in the tissues <laughs> issue in the tissue uh yeah. in the system that can be causing this area to be overloaded and and, and by treating the area in pain you're actually maybe going to get some relief in in the short term but you're not really going to get the, the the relief in the long term so yeah, just um, saying, saying on, on fascia, like uh, I, I know there's like this, um, uh, this blew, blew me over when I was learning about the trains with seeing how the, the jaw was linked to the same hip through the spiral line that goes around mm. around the body. And um, I know when, when, I, when I saw that, I was then, you know, when you learn something, you start seeing it everywhere. Um, yeah. And it started like fitting in the jigsaw puzzle of like so many things because I was seeing hip after hip after hip and some people would get better. Other people just, just wouldn't get better. And then, you know, then it triggers, triggers you to look elsewhere. So yeah, I, I think, so how, how would you, how would you treat the fascia? Um, a lot of my, my fascial treatments would um, come under when I use, when I use the grass, grass on technique, um, and some soft tissue mobilizations and, and, and stretches. Um, that's, that's normally, um, and some trigger point release as well. That's how I normally, that's, that's normally the, the toolbox for how, how I treat the fascia. I mean, there are some, I mean, there are body, body work specialists who, you know, treat it in a very specific way. Um, but I, I, you know, I do get, I do get good results in terms of um, reducing the sensation of pain and, and tightness and getting back a more normal um, movement pattern with, with the techniques that I use. Cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. So um, uh, next question, uh, what, what would your five tips be for people suffering with pain? Well, this is a, this is it's such, such a broad topic, right? No, it's so, a nightmare question. Sorry. <laughs> it, you know, it's like it's such a broad. Um, it could be answered in so many ways, but my my physio brain. Answered, yeah, I feel like I would. The advice I would give is to to get to get it checked out if you haven't already, especially if it if it's con- constant pain, relentless. Okay, um, or, or predominantly occurs at night. You know, it's important to, to, to get your pain sorted out. Um, and establish, establish if there's a, an emotional link. When you get this pain, um, if, it's, if it's intermittent, if you only get this pain, is it linked with when, you, when you're highly stressed or is it, has there been a, a life change um, that's currently happened and, and it's, you know, and it's linked with, with this pain? Um, again, working from home, a massive one, you know. And there's a lot of people in pain with their shoulders and necks at the minute who are just powering through. Um, is so uh, in, in terms of these people, how 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 are you set up? Is your desk space ergonomically optimized? 
Do you have your laptop screen raised? Do you have an external keyboard? Um, do you have an external mouse? You're not just using the touch the touchboard there. Um, if you're using two screens, are they dead in the middle, or are you having to dominant? Are you dominantly looking at the left screen and constantly rotating? You know, um, things like that. Good chair, ergonomic chair. It, you ask your work to provide you one. They're they're obliged to provide you with a, a decent chair. Um, and if your if your legs don't touch the floor, have them you know raised in the box or foot support. So your your hips and your your knees at a relative ninety degrees. Um, and also, you know, notice which movements um, bring on your pain, and which which movements or which positions ease ease your pain. And in terms of um, you know, there's different types of pain. So in terms of inflammatory types of pain, so people that know they've got some sort of uh, degeneration in their joints like osteoarthritis and maybe they're fed up with taking like constant ibuprofen you know go for the natural approach drink some um, have some natural anti-inflammatories try some some ginger some turmeric um some stress relief like breathing control some some med- some meditation i mean you know <laughs> there's a lot of tips for people suffering with pain and like i said it's it's such a broad such a broad area and I think there's there's a lot of ways um to, to answer this question and you know people treat pain completely differently there's there's no there's no right or wrong way there's just an effective way for whoever you're treating right absolutely absolutely and yeah, I think each individual case is just that individual you know you can sometimes see similar things similar patterns with pe- person by person but it'll present and be a totally different way based on uh, that person's so many factors uh, their environment psychology you know what they're having in their diet so yeah that, that, that that's great i hope like um some like people at home uh, I, I asked five you'd probably give about 15 20 <laughs> great so hopefully some people listening to this there's uh, some like light bulbs going off at the moment um, uh, particularly um i just want to pick up on um one one thing you said and that was the uh look into one side of your screen repeatedly so do do you find that um you get quite a lot of people who are presenting with pain and, and you're tracing it back to some repeated movement that they're doing day in day out is that quite common yeah i'm, I'm seeing a lot of um you know a lot of people who've been using their mouses a lot and getting this mid um shoulder blade pain these really stubborn knots um painful knots that kind of feels like a tight band from their middle um shoulder blade up to their neck and this is i'm seeing it more mostly with, 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 with the dominant hands using the mouse you know and again yeah with the screen with the screen looking they're spending I guess if you're not thinking about it and you're not aware, you're not, you, you know, you're just thinking, you know, you're looking once in a while to the left to the screen, but collectively, you know, you're doing that for eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week. That's a lot of imbalance there. You know, you're looking to the left way more than you're looking to the right. So the muscles are going to become a bit more shorter. You're going to get maybe tension headaches on the left side. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, um, I was seeing a lot, a lot more, um, earlier i think people are a lot more educated there's, there's so many blogs out now um to educate people on how to manage and how to survive at home um so i think people really have pulled together collectively as a community and 
really providing really good free advice via you know blogs pdfs um so you know there, there are some people who do still need tweaking um with their setups but i think people have really really um taken control of of, of things and they've, they've really tried to set up a really safe working environment from home yeah yeah no it's just, it's, it's really good because as as much as you know people like yourself and myself we as much as we like to be busy at the same time we don't really want to see people this is like this funny paradox so i guess more people who are able to kind of like do the do the research do their own education and, and keep themselves out of pain is, is is a great thing and 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 yeah I, I guess you know anything that you do thousands of times be it you know turning to turning to one side or um you know spending thousands of hours at the desk or even um you know thousands thousands of times eating eating something like a donut you know it's <laughs> anything you do like a lot is going to have a massive cumulative effect on the body and similar in the opposite direction you know i i've got this um heard this mad stat that if you drink a liter and a half of water more per day over the course of a year you're going to lose something like five pounds oh wow Yes, it's, it's it's like all of these things. You know, if, if someone's like exercising fifteen minutes a day from doing nothing to now doing ten to fifteen, you times that by a year. That's a lot. It's, it's going to have an mm. impact. So yeah, great, great. Um, I, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, yeah, we we spoke before uh, a couple of weeks ago about the importance of women's health and some of the challenges that women face. And we both agreed that a lot more needs to be said and explored to help women move through said challenges. So what are some of the issues that uh, women have to contend with when it comes to health? Oh, where do we start? So an interesting fact that is that women account for just 3% of the accumulated um, exercise research okay mm. um you know the the exercise uh, health and fitness industry is heavily male dominated and um and so you've got these you've got these men who, who train who train women um like basically like little men okay mm. um so the reason why I mean we're just speaking about health, but I've just honed I've honed in on the exercise and, and health and fitness industry because you know we both we both work within that industry as well, and it's just uh, also just represented in all research. Most research is done on on males, um, even animals, even animal studies. For some reason, most of them are done on, on male rats or, you know. So it's very male-dominated um, research. And women and men aren't the same, clearly. Like, it's not rocket science. And we, you know, we're, we're, we're different at even, we're different at a cellular level, the way that, you know, when we react to things. And... Um, so a big thing that we spoke about the other week is hormones. And I'll go back to the health and fitness industry because a lot of trainers don't take that into account when they're training women. So they won't even ask you maybe about your menstrual cycle. And to be fair, you know, I don't think, I don't know if a lot of women even have that relationship 
with their menstrual cycle. Mm. Basically, you know, knowing, you know, how they feel at certain phases. And, you know, the menstrual cycle is a massive, a massive um, issue because obviously it's, it's fluctuations in your hormones. You're having these fluctuations where your body's preparing to potentially grow life, okay? And so, for, for, for example, when, you know, if the uterus becomes a bit inflamed, you know, the, the abdominal, the, the distal abdominal muscle wall becomes, you know, a bit more, there's less recruitment in it, okay? So you're going to have less support of the pelvic uh, area, lumbar pelvic area at this phase of the menstrual cycle. And then you're going to, if you have your trainer doing, getting, getting to do really heavy stuff, you know, you know jumping on blocks, lifting really heavy weights, and then you're kind of not performing well, but they're kind of saying, oh, come on, you can do it. Just do it. Just, you know, just man up. Maybe not just, and they're not going to say that, but, <laughs> you know, just, just do it. You know, but physically, you know, on, on, a, on a hormone, on a, on a, you know, fundamental level, you know, she's not going to perform because of, you know, because of, because of the way that her hormones are at that point. So it's just having, just, just honouring, you know, the, the woman's hormones and her menstrual cycle which is, you know, a lot of people don't really think about. So that's a massive problem. And um, just like I spoke before, you know, men and women are different on a cellular level. You know, women react differently even to, um, to like viral, um, viral infections. Mm. Um, so they have a, they have a more uh, intense reaction compared to men. And... It's it's kind of sad because you know this this is this is this is stuff. I mean, this is stuff that's only really been recognised since about two thousand eighteen, so not 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 long at all. But women, for some vaccinations, are not we're not supposed to be vaccinated at the same level as, as men because our bodies can't take it. And you've got this things like the COVID vaccination. You're hearing it now. Women's menstrual cycle has been completely knocked off after they've had the COVID jab, and it's 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 just a complete disregard. For, for for the walk for the woman um and you know we are getting a bit more traction but a lot more traction needs to be made um because we women are suffering with with health with health defects because um we're, we're treated like men when we're not basically <laughs> this is a massive this is a massive area and i i think you could you could most definitely do a whole even podcast on that yeah yeah I was... 15 <laughs> Um, but you know, it's it's good to well, it's good to be aware. What, what I would advise is that you know, women need to be aware of their menstrual cycle and how they feel at each stage. And and then if you're a male trainer, just learn about the menstrual cycle, and and learn and learn about your clients. And even if you're a female person trainer, do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, it's really shocking to hear that three percent of fitness yeah. like te- uh, studies are. are are done on women it's it's insane because the phys- physiological differences are so huge and yeah l- learning about the menstrual cycle because you know that can be dangerous you know if if you are if you are loading a uh, uh, structure that's not structurally sound i.e because the inflamed womb is is shutting down the core musculature this this opens the door for you know tweaking someone's back or or, or yeah. worse than that you know it is it's, it's it's uh it's a really really strong like consideration to take into con- well into consideration in terms of safety and 
and also as well um I know the hormonal cycles, there are certain times of the month whereby women actually have the testosterone spike. Yeah. So this, for, for, if a trainer knows that this is around this time, then this is like a great time, time in, in the cycle to, to lift weights, for instance, because of the physiological um, benefits that's going to come through it. Um, and um, I, I do have a question actually about monthly cycles and, and pain. So uh, recognize that some women experience uh so say if a woman's kind of having back pain persistently i've noticed that some women experience a lot more pain during the time of the monthly cycle so would this be the same kind of relationship in in terms of the what what the womb is doing to the muscles around it would that would that be fair to say or um yeah and obviously um every woman's different so it's about just um knowing knowing the knowing the the client and and working within um her capabilities at that time you know if she is struggling with back pain you know don't you don't push her to do really um high level stuff you know you work you work with how you know your client's feeling and her capabilities yeah because you don't want to push over push them and and you cause some injuries you can just like you said there's 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 parts of the cycle where her testosterone testosterone is, is a bit raised, so she's going to be like absolutely mean in the gym. You know, you use those, use that time to you know smash out the <laughs> the really heavy stuff, and then just do some other stuff when she's not feeling too great. But you know, it's it's, it's about awareness. It's about awareness, and um, it's just good to be aware. So when you, you know, you can just connect with your clients a bit better. You know, if they're feeling a bit low in energy, you don't just be like, well, you know, she's not really she's not really motivated today. This lady, I'm like, no, she's. We, you know, she's just going for a different part of the cycle. She's just going to present in a different, a different way. Um, so, yeah, basically, you just train differently on, on how how the client presents and how they're feeling to to reduce any any risk of like injuring them needlessly. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so what role do you think society is playing in impacting women's health? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, historically, women have, have been classed as a second class and uh, an inferior, inferior to men. There's so many, yeah, that's that's a constant issue. That's a constant fight within feminism. And, and the ideology is, you know, it goes back. It's, it's, it's strongly, unfortunately, it's strongly linked with religion mm. um, and patriarchy. Um, it's, it's like inseparable entities because some of the world's leading religions are, are male dominant, like created by you know male dominant, aren't they? Um, therefore, it kind of infiltrates into the way that society views women, the way that they treat women, and it clearly, clearly shows in the lack of scientific studies that are specifically for women. Mm. It's just a, a complete disregard to to the woman's needs. And, and uh, there's, there's nothing that kind of presents it more than the fact that there is a massive lack in, in, in the studies and, and women are treated and given, women are treated based on stats in scientific studies done on men. That just says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of work <laughs> needs, needs to be done. Um, to, I, th- I think because there's a fight for equality, 
that I think people mistake equality for having just you know the same amount of like equality doesn't mean that you should be treated exactly the same it should you should be respected exactly the same and there's a there's a lack of respect for, for women and their needs within the health industry most definitely but that's I think you know I have a good feeling that's that's changing people are a lot more aware now mm. and um, I think I, I'm positive that in, over the next five to ten years there's going to be um, a lot more women specific studies and and you see it now with, with you know you men are being a lot more a lot more trainers especially a lot more aware of, of um the way the woman's body works there's, there's still a massive gap but that's just one area that i keep going back to training but in terms of um in terms of medical um aspects that there, there still needs to be changed because what is it like um 78 of pe- people that suffer from autoimmune diseases are women mm. You know, that's that's autoimmune disease. Uh, an autoimmune disorder is, you know, the body's the body's you know, in a state of stress. It's trying, you know, it's attacking itself. And, and why why are women in a state of stress? What is society not 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 supporting our needs? Is there, is there a lack in what our body needs compared to what society expects from us? Mm. And there's, I think, there's a massive um, imbalance there, and it shows it shows in, in, in the statistics. Mm. so what do you feel needs to change to, in order for things to move forward in the best way um obviously the, the 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 studies definitely need to change if we're talking about the the health the world of health and fitness but i i, I i'm feeling that this the studies is is part of so much of a big wider issue so uh what, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, what do you feel needs to change to move forward I think first of all is you know and everything grows from a seed, plant the seed, and the seed is the the awareness, you know more discussions about it, um, and that you know just making people aware, and then you know the studies as well. Um, eventually, in time, there'll be more more female specific studies, and then eventually in the next twenty, thirty, forty years, you know we're going to see um, women being being treated better by the healthcare professionals um, and getting better results and not having their bodies in states in chronic states of stress mm. because maybe their, their hormones have been left in, in a state of shock. But like I said, people just don't, don't honor the woman's um, mental cycle. They don't honor the, the woman's, the way the woman goes through these um, hormone fluctuations. Mm. And I've seen like doctors issue um, the pill to, to my female clients because they got migraines, but the migraines are actually coming from muscle tension in the neck. Mm. But that's what we're so quick to to alter a woman's hormonal system cycle and not question it. Mm. And you've got look, you've got these statistics like seventy eight percent of of people with autoimmune disorders are women. That's that's completely why, why is it so skewed like that? Mm. So, yeah, that's definitely something um, that that needs to change. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're seeing it on the global scale with what we're doing to nature as well, what we're doing to to Mother, Mother Earth. You know, and, um, to go back, you're saying your study of Buddhism. Uh, 
think it'd be a great great time to ask about what what would you say about the concept of the yin and yang and where would you say things are in terms of like the um the the societal areas in terms of where the energies are currently so like definitely is majorly skewed um into the masculine energy and like you said you can you can see it in the you know with climate change the way that we're just we're destroying all our natural resources and you know in the last few years we've seen massive parts of the amazon being completely destroyed um to breed you know to breed animals or to source certain things like you know, I think palm palm oil was a problem at some point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it is a very male-dominated world, and it, and it has been for for a very very long time. And in order to survive, yeah, definitely, I think that the the female energy is um, tracking towards because you know female energy women even are kind of engaging more in their masculine side in order to keep up mm. and not really honoring the more feminine energy and also with, with guys like if you even mention you know getting in touch with their feminine side or femininity they're like what so um that's 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 an issue i think people need to understand that we're all yin, yin and yang, like just because you're female doesn't mean you have just female energy, you have both. And there needs to be balance in men and women. And, and that's the way that we're ever going to connect with each other um, when we can be fluid and moving in and out of this female and masculine energy. And yeah, you, that's why you've got these women burning out, you've got this increased cortisol, you've got these women just raising families and then trying to work like 40-hour weeks like their male counterparts just you know to 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 survive in this male-dominated energy world um so yeah it's just just again just just an awareness that it's okay to dip in and out of uh, masculine and female energy as a man or a woman and you know you are going to have some benefits you're going to have less stress maybe you're going to have a more peaceful world you're going to have a world um that's not being destructed at a rate that we're doing destruction now mm. It's kind of like bulldozing, bulldozing energy. It's like bulldozing, bulldozing, and not really like taking time to reflect and, and kind of see what's going on. It's a lot, of, a lot of bulldozing at the minute, and I think people just need to breathe and, um, and yeah, and and be a bit more fluid in, in their energy. You know, if you if you feel to run down, just just chill, just relax, just recharge. Don't just just don't keep going just because you need to keep up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It makes makes me remember. Um, uh, I, was, I was seeing something that it was talking about. Uh, there's really strong archaeological evidence for around ten thousand years ago that the world was in a, a matriarchy, and they were finding that during that time period there was no like zero archaeological evidence of war um or like big cultural problems happening and uh and it's, it's just like very interesting to uh to, to see that and and um and yeah also as well kind of more more modern day i've, I've seen what finland have started doing which is like like 
quite radical compared to to all other politics in, in that they they voted in a all female cabinet and they were quite mm-hmm. young. I think they were mm-hmm. most of them in, the, in their thirties. So um, female cabinet who are also very much in in touch with with everything that's happening due to them being in, in their thirties to forties rather than this. Kind of, you know, our, if you look at our politicians, the House of Commons, you've got these archaic dinosaurs who, yeah. like, uh, the less said about them, the better, really. But, <laughs> but yeah, and and I, I know Finland have been making some really progressive steps and changing so many things, and uh, so many things are working very, very well under under this uh, under uh, the approach of bringing in all female cabinet. So, I think that's really cool and inspiring and inspiring and uh i think if if more governments are able to go that way then that would be a really good thing um, yeah. yeah so um i got um uh come come to my last question um uh, phoenix vision is related to creating a transformative vision of health and well-being for the future so my question is what does transformation mean to you and um, what would you like to transform in the future? Um, so, basically, so the, 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 the slogan that I use for FIT um, is um, fix your body, ease your mind. Okay. Um, as a reminder to people that at all levels, regardless of, you know, how, how, how much they follow or practice spirituality, you know, just remember that there is a, there is a connect there. There is a loop. Um, so basically my, my vision, you know, the, the vision for fix or the message we want to give out is, is for people just that, like I said earlier, to just have a, a, a good, a better relationship with, with their bodies and their minds. And, um, you know, health doesn't just come from the physicalities. It comes from, you know, your mental way well-being, and it's 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 just impossible to to separate the both both of them. If you've got if you're having problems with your mental well-being, they might manifest within your body, and you know, if you're having like problems within your body, it's going to affect your well-being and how you're feeling. Um, so. Basically, you know, on a basic level, I'm getting that out. Fix your body, ease your mind. It's just such a simple message um, that anyone would would understand, and it, it's like a trigger. And um, I, 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 I hope that that will be um, transformative in the way that you know the way that people carry on, and the way that they it, it might trigger them to you know have a better relationship to, to look into things more and to read read up on things more about the body and, and how and who they are um and um yeah basically that's that's the vision that's where i'd like things to to progress to basically awesome that's really empowering and inspiring for people i'm sure um <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, um, I'd love to ask a little bit before we wrap up about your fitness program, Physio Fitness, that you've recently launched. So, yeah, if you could just say a little bit about it, who's it for, who can benefit from it, and, and also how they can find out more about the, your Physio Fitness as well as Fix. Okay, so um, Physio Fitness is a exercise and fitness 
um, online um, coaching service that we offer. So, you know, we have an initial interview, we speak, we have a chat, we get to know each other, I want to know your goals, how how are you managing, you know, we need to find out whether, you know, I'll be able to help you, we'll be able to work together. Uh, You have a bespoke exercise program um, and give you some, some, um, some meal plans if you need, if you're having any problems with your, with your weight. Um, Again, if you have any problems, you want to strengthen your posture and just general, get, generally get your fitness up. Again, another bespoke um, exercise um, coaching service, one-to-one coaching. So um, 24-hour access, you want, to, you want to shoot me a message, you can, you can access by email, through messaging, and then we can hop on a call when you need to. If you know things need to be tweaked or you want, you want to jump on a call um, to have a chat about your progression, Yes, basically, you know, a, 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 um, a coaching system which is online. So if you don't, so you can you can use it at the gym, you can use it at home, um, and also it's 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 fantastic for people who who might be shielding. Okay, so um, yeah, so uh, like I mentioned, it's good for people who who are still shielding. Um, um, because we had we had an issue of, of you know people being told to isolate and no really regard of you know people getting weaker um losing their function god knows how many people um how many elderly people now have really lost their ability to mobilize mm-hmm. and they've lost ma- muscle mass so it's really it's really cool because it, you know i can um historically i've worked with with people in in their you know early 20s all the way to to i've had i've had patients at 101 so wow, um i exercise programs you know for for anyone who, who needs so yeah so I'm, I'm excited to um to help more and more people through using um um physio fitness um so in terms of um finding physio fitness you, you can find information on on, our, on the fixed website there's a link if you want to book in a call to speak with me about if it can benefit you or not um and i mean i have a fixed instagram page also just type in fix physiotherapy and, you, and you'll find if you want to follow. And um, my physio fitness page um, on Instagram is, it would be under miranda.uzo.pt. So yeah, those, those are my, these are, those are my handles to, to find out more about what I'm doing and say hi, have a chat, ask me some questions. It'd be great. Awesome. Sounds great. And, yeah, I've joined the Physio Fitness group and the content in there is fantastic. So, yeah, Noah Miranda, I know that this is a very good program. So uh, anyone who's interested in getting involved, especially it's going to be invaluable for so many people uh, in this current climate, in case you know we are shielding or going into uh, another lockdown potentially. So, yeah, highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, get involved. So Amazing. Miranda, thank you so much for your time. I'm really, really grateful. It's been a really, really great interview. Um, it's been amazing. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot and see you soon. Thank you. See you.